Well, we're glad that you're here today, and we're going to talk about 2020 vision. How many in this, how many in this auditorium have it? I don't. In fact, if I take these off, you all look really handsome and beautiful. You're just blurry, colorful blobs all over the place. Oh, we're so glad you're here today on the very first Sunday of 2020. And we're going to talk about getting or having 2020 vision. And so it's going to be a great blessing today. We're uh, reminded of a scripture verse in Isaiah chapter 32. The Bible says, The eyes of them that see shall what? Not be dim. You know a blind man can see clearer when he believes in the Lord Jesus Christ than the richest lost man in the world. Because Jesus told the Pharisees, you have eyes and you see not. In the book of Revelation, he repeated, I think, seven times that he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And we are told if we have eyes, we had better see with them. We can see what's going on in this world and see what's coming around. And so uh, this morning, the title of our message is, Do You Have 2020 Vision? Now, another year's in the history books. Our Savior didn't come. I read a cartoon the other day where a young fellow said, uh, is it possible for me to trade in 2019 for a year that had fewer problems? Uh, no, it's not. But it has been a momentous year. In fact, uh, let me show, start by showing you some famous people who made their exit in 2019. Now, many of these people, their names are known worldwide. Doris Day died in 2019. All I remember is, K Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. Of course, she sounded prettier than I do. And Robert Forster, he died in 2019. So did Peter Mayhew. Now, people look at him and say, who was Peter Mayhew? Well, he's probably better remembered in his makeup, amen? That was Chewy. That was Chewy in Star Wars. Bart Starr, the winner of the first two Super Bowls. Super Bowl I, Super Bowl II with the Green Bay Packers. I'm a Viking fan and I hated the Packers. <laughs> but uh, this man was a good man. And they know he loved the Lord, this guy. He knew the Lord as his Savior. Carol Channing, she passed away in 2019. Tim Conway, the great comic that was always on the Carol Burnett show and did several shows of his own. He passed away. So did Elmore Torn. Now, everybody knows him as Rip Torn, but uh, and I, oh, listen, who would Rip Torn, really? Why would you do that? Anyway, uh, Ross Perot, the man who elected Bill Clinton. Yeah, you older folks know what I'm talking about, amen? Yeah, he siphoned off 19% of the conservative vote, and that's how Billy Boy got elected. Luke Perry, young man, just passed away, 2019. Lee Iacocca, the engineer behind the Ford Mustang. And then uh, he also became the CEO of Chrysler Motors and pulled them out of our... One of the funniest stories I remember of Lee Iacocca was uh, a fellow, right after he became CEO, made a huge mistake at Chrysler, and it cost the Chrysler Motor Company over $3 million dollars. 
The guy was told to report to Lee's office and he came in and he, Lee told him, sit down in the chair and they had a chat. And when it was over, he said, all right, now get out here and go back to work. And the guy said, you're not going to fire me? And Lee Iacocca said, I just invested $3 million in your education. Why would I fire you? Lee Iacocca, also Valerie Harper, Rhoda, she passed away in 2019, Diane Carroll, Went into eternity, so did Georgia Engel, the weird mother-in-law in Everybody Loves Raymond. The ABC reporter for so many years, Cokie Roberts, she went home, or uh, went, uh, passed away. And Peter Tork, now people look at him and say, who in the world was Peter Tork? Well, you probably know him better as, hey, hey, we're the monkeys. He was the lead guitarist for... Uh, the monkeys, and then Albert Finney, who starred in so many things. He was Dr. Hirsch in the Bourne series, and uh, he passed away this year. Gloria Vanderbilt. If you've ever seen the movie, The Devil Wears Prada, then you know who it was patterned about, the woman in there. Gloria Vanderbilt. And Peter Fonda, who gloriously gave us the daughter, Jane. Anyway. Peggy Lipton, she passed away in 2019. So did Rene Aubergine, he's uh, Odo, probably better remembered of Deep Space Nine at Odo. Danny Aiello, he died in 2019. The long time, almost 50 years on the radio, Don Imus, he passed away. Did you lose a family member? You may have lost a family member. Now, let me say something about these celebrities. Together, they're probably worth hundreds of millions of dollars and their names are probably household words all over the world. But can I tell you something? If they didn't know Jesus Christ, all that means exactly nothing. Nothing. Jesus will say to them, Depart from me, for I never knew you. I just hope whoever passed away in 2019, I hope they knew the Lord. Amen? A new year means new beginnings. We start off the year and, uh, with new hope, and there are actually quite a few symbols that we use and know that familiarize us with new things. For instance, when we see a butterfly, we think of new because of them coming out of the cocoon. Uh, the phoenix, some of them are symbolic. The phoenix is the symbol of the bird that went down and then rose out of the ashes. In fact, when I was getting my MBA, I had to take a course called the Phoenix Factor. I had to learn about the phoenix factor of how businesses can rise out of the ashes. A new tree or a new plant that buds from the ground. And little duckies or little chicks, they, they don't have feathers. They, they got feathers, but they're miniature. It's like peach fuzz. When you hold them, they're just like a little ball of fur, all new. A new dawn, the golden purple dawn we sing about in a song new buds on the tree, and I'm looking forward to that in about two or three months, amen? Uh, new buds on the tree, and there's just nothing quite like this. If you've ever been a parent, and you've had your little baby wrap his hand around your thumb or one of your fingers, it's just, there's nothing like it in the world. It gets you, it gets you all, all misty just thinking about it. But the greatest of all is this one. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, If any man be in Christ... He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That is the greatest symbol of a new beginning you can get. 
And I remember the day I got saved, it felt like a million pounds was lifted off of me. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I was a heathen boy. Uh, they, they were glad to see me leave high school. I was trouble. I was not a good kid. I know you find that very hard to believe. But uh, the day I got saved in the privacy of my own bedroom, my mom called us down for supper. And I went down those stairs, and I felt like I floated down the stairs. Something You can't take the God that threw all these galaxies into space. These, you can't take that God of such power, put him in the human heart, and have there be no difference. Right, right. Something's going to happen here. You're going to know when God has taken up residence. Now, millions of folks spend a great deal of time this time of year uh, writing out, pondering, making New Year's resolutions. I won't ask for a show of hands how many of you have done it, okay? But uh, what is a resolution anyway, and why do we bother to do them? Well, it's simply a desire to change. That's all it is. It's just a desire to change. And uh, I like the verse in the book of Proverbs that says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Amen? So I'm going to share with you some of my favorite New Year's cartoons, okay? These I just get a kick out of. Amen? That's my kind of that's my kind of steady guide, amen. I like this one too. I resolve to drive by a gym at least twice a week. Well, one of my favorites was this one. I'm sorry, I just love this. 2017, 2018, 2019, one of these years I'll get around to them, okay? All right. Well, when did New Year's resolutions actually begin? Here's another question. Why are they always associated with January? And another question, are they Christian or are they pagan? And another question is, what purpose do resolutions actually serve? Well, let's find out, okay? First of all, when did the idea of resolutions, New Year's resolutions begin? It began in 153 B.C. In 153 B.C. And it was because of the Roman god Janus. What's the name of this month? And how's it, how it's the first three letters? And that is because this month is named after the Roman god Janus. They were pagan in origin. In other words, that's how they got their start, is with a pagan religion, pagan idea. But they're benign in purpose. They're not bad. There's nothing bad about them. And actually what they serve is an intentional starting point for changes in our life. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't care what culture you're in. I don't care what country you're in or what age you live in. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to better yourself or change or improve. That's a good thing. This is how the Roman god Janus is pictured in Roman literature, Roman architecture, Roman coins also. Janus was the god of new beginnings to the Romans and he's always pictured dual-faced. He is looking both forward and backward. Thus in 46 BC, Emperor Julius Caesar dedicated the first month on the calendar to that Roman god and the Romans that time of year then made promises to him 
that they would reform their life. Many of the old Roman coins, whether they're made out of silver or bronze or gold or copper, they picture, many of them are out there that have the picture of Genesis impressed upon the front of them. Now, a study at the University of Wisconsin, okay, I want to share just some of the findings that were found by a PhD student who did massive amount of research at the University of Wisconsin in 2010-2011. Here is, and he came up with about 30 resolutions that were actually made in his study, but well, let's just look at the top 12. Here are the top 12 New Year's resolutions, and he researched it for the full year to find out whether they were successful or not. Okay? The first one, top on the list, was to quit smoking. I guess we'd have to say quit vaping today, huh? Okay? But that was only successful 38% of those that made that pledge. Here's number two. I'm going to lose weight. Only 16% was it successful. Number three was I'm going to reduce debt or get out of debt, 11%. I can say amen to that one, okay? That's not very successful half the time. Uh, exercise more. No, I'm going to resolve to drive by a gym three times this week, okay? 25%, only one out of every four people were successful. Number five was I'm going back to school, learn a new skill, 21%. The next one, number six, was I'm going to spend more family time. This was more successful, 41%. Number seven, I'm going to save more money. I'm going to be a better saver. 25% were successful. I'm going to stop biting my nails. 57%. I'm not really successful at that one either. Number nine, I'm going to control my lust. Okay, wow, gets this number, only 3.5%. Number 10, I'm going to drive nicer. <laughs> How low you think that number is, huh? Only 16% were successful. I'm going to stop drinking, 9.2%. And number 12, I'm going to stop cussing. I'm going to stop swearing. Only 11% were successful. So, really, why do we bother doing them then? I mean, why do we bother if, if there's such lousy success? Because we really do want to change. Now, even if we cross out 2017 and we put 2018 and cross out 2018, put 2019, we really do want to change. But real change can actually only come in Christ. He is the change factor. He's the change agent that when he comes into your life, he enables change to take place. And that kind of change needs 2020 vision. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at 2020 vision. We need to have a 2020 vision if we're going to make it. So, where does a 2020 vision begin? It starts here. Very first verse we're going to look up this morning is the book of Exodus. And I'll let you tell me what the chapter and verse is. What's the chapter and verse? Come on, you know it. 2020. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 20. 2020 vision.
Here's what the Word of God says. It says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, and ye sin not. One more time. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. Let's pray. Our Father, we come before you this morning and thank you, Lord Jesus, for the Word of God. And Lord, as we seek 2020 vision, it will never be found better than in the precious Word of God. I pray this morning as we seek it this morning that we'll understand it and that we'll want to have it for this coming year. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to start with this simple verse. If you're going to have 2020 vision from the Word of God, it begins right here, Exodus 2020. There's a couple factors that we need to look, notice from this verse. Number one, factor number one, is this verse says you should have a desire to honor God. If you're going to have 2020 vision this year, you need to have a better view of God. You need to see Him more clearly. You need to have a better desire to honor Him. And I don't mean use his name a lot during the year, okay? I've been around people that are a bunch of heathens. They use God's name all right, but they're not honoring him. They are dishonoring the Lord. We need to learn how to honor God. This verse says the whole reason the fear of God is there is so that you, he will be before your face. We need to see God better. We need to get a better vision of God Almighty. Number two from this verse is we need to avoid sin. The whole reason God wants us to have a better vision of Him is so that we will draw away from sin. That we will stay clear of those minefield that will destroy your life. And so the very first part, if you're going to have 2020 vision this year, the very first thing you need is you need to have a 2020 vision of God. You need to see God differently. You need to see Him for what He is. He's all-powerful. He's almighty. But yet, in spite of all His power, and all His... In fact, I was asked recently, do you think our sun is a big star or a small star? Our sun is a small star. There are stars in this universe, like on the middle star of the belt of Orion. If you know what the constellation of Orion is, the three stars on the belt, the center star is the second largest star in the universe. And if you compared our sun to that one, it would be like holding a BB next to a basketball. When you take the God of all this power, you wonder why does he even need us at all? But yet he does. He loves you. He loves you so much that he came down and walked among us. He wants to love us. He wants us to have a different vision of himself. He wants his fear of God to be before your eyes so that you will avoid sin. Now let's play a little game this morning to see whether we really know the difference between good and bad, sin and not sin. Let's just, let's just do a little game. The name of that game is called Sort That Vessel. Okay, we're going to play Sort That Vessel. Okay, so I want you to tell me now whether these vessels I'm going to show you are vessels of honor or vessels of dishonor, okay? Number one, what do you think? Is that a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor? Okay, 
It's a vessel of honor. Good. You're getting the hang of this game. Number two. Would you call it a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor? Okay. Good choice. Number three. Yes, a vessel of honor. How about that one? Is that a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor? Yeah, I, we'll, we'll classify it as dishonor, okay? How about that one? Uh, no, that's not dirty water, folks. Okay, just so you know, okay? Uh, in, when I grew up in Iowa, we didn't have running water. All we had was outhouse. And so this was our indoor toilet. And it had a lid on top of it. And every once in a while, Steve got to carry it out and dump it in the outhouse. Okay? Anybody old enough to remember things like that, huh? Did you ever accidentally spill it on you while you're carrying it? So would you classify this a vessel of honor or dishonor? Good choice. Good choice. How about that? These are vessels of honor. How about this one? Doing. Ah, I don't think that's a vessel of honor, okay? How about that one? Mm, yeah, probably not a vessel of honor. What about this one? Used to sit on Ronald Reagan's desk. Yeah, sure, that's a vessel of honor. What about that one? I love pecan pies. Nothing cooks them better than those beautiful dishes. All right, how about this one? You better watch it, ladies. That is a vessel of honor. The oldest tool in my box is my favorite tools. That is a vessel of honor. What about that one? Yeah, vessel of dishonor. Now, what do we learn from this? Is there a point? Oh, yes. So, what we've learned through this little exercise is it is abundantly clear that we know the difference between a vessel of honor and a vessel of dishonor, don't we? We can look and we can make a snap judgment just like that. We know whether it is or not. Well, by direct application then, we also know the difference between conduct that is honorable and conduct that is dishonorable. God says if you want to have a better life, you've got to have a better vision of God. You have to see and let the fear of God be before your face so that you avoid sin. And so we need to be honorable before God and not dishonorable. So it starts here with the 2020 vision of God. It continues here with our next verse. Let's turn now to the book of Ezekiel. Brother Alcorn actually touched on this verse this morning. I thought he was going to preach my message this morning. But in Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 20, you already know which verse. 2020, Ezekiel 2020. We're going to get a 2020 vision. You need this too. Here's what it says. And hallow my Sabbaths, that they may be a sign between me and you, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. You got to get more uh, better respect. You want 2020 vision in 2020? You better have not only better respect for God, you better have better respect for His holy day. For the day He set aside that you're supposed to gather together to worship Him. Now, it was rightly taught in Sunday school that this is not the Sabbath day. 
Now, I've heard that. By the way, that was like the 6th century when Pope Gregory said, declared that Sunday is the Christian Sabbath. There is no such thing. This is the Lord's Day. And the reason we don't worship on the Sabbath is because that's the law. And we're under grace. Jesus didn't rise on the seventh day of the week. He rose on the first day of the week. And that's why we worship on the first day of the week, just like John was doing on the Isle of Patmos in Revelation chapter number 1. The actual Sabbath still exists, but it starts at sundown on Friday and goes till sundown on Saturday. And then the first day of the week begins at sundown on Saturday. Here's a couple things God wants us to know from this Ezekiel 2020 verse. Number one is that it says you should have a desire to respect God's day. You know, how many are old enough in here you remember what blue laws are? Remember blue laws? Yeah. We used to have them up in Iowa. You close down your uh, gas station, you close down your store, you close down, except for maybe some of the most essential things like police stations, hospitals, clinics, and so on. Those were 24-7. But a lot of businesses closed down because there were blue laws. Now, I'll grant you, you can't necessarily legislate righteousness, but you are being honorable to God when you at least take one day a week I admire businesses to this day that know enough to shut down on one, at least one day a week and say God can give us enough, as much money in six days to survive as He can in seven. And they honor God with, their, with the first fruits of all their increase and with their substance. And God causes that their barns should be full and that their presses burst out with new wine. God knows how to do that. It's just like giving your tithe. You say, well, I can't, if I give my tithe, I, I can't make it. I can't pay my bills. You can't not give your tithe and make it. You need to do it because I promise you God will take that 90% and do about 120% worth of work. I promise you. I dare you to try it and see if you can outgive God. Dr. Jack Baskin came and preached in Hawaii in 1975. And I remember him standing in the pulpit and saying, I dare you to try to outgive God. I dare you this year. And so I took him up on his dare. And at the end of the year, I, we gave 27% of our income to the Lord. And man, I was really busting my arm, patting myself on the back. I had killed the big one. I, was, I did it. And I sat down on the couch and I was so proud. And Jesus came and sat beside me. And I said, well, I outgave you this year. And he said, really? We'll get you a legal pad then and let's start writing down all the free things that I've given you this year and the blessings. You see, that year we had two children born. And that year the Lanakila Baptist Church gave us two high chairs, two baby beds, stroller, bassinet, clothes by the bags full, washer and dryer. A guy gave us a car. I mean, by the time we were done, I added it all up, and I got out the Sears catalog, and J.C. Penney catalog, and I, when it was had three items, I took the cheapest one, and I added all up the dollar value, and when I had to hit the total on my calculator, Jesus whispered in my ear, how much did you give me? Because the amount that he gave us was over $7,000 worth of stuff. You cannot give God, I dare you to try. Number two thing we learn from this verse, Ezekiel 20, 20, is that there should be a desire to, to, to honor God's ways, to respect His ways. Not just His day, 
but to honor his ways. Look what that verse says. This shall be a sign between me and you that you may know that I am your God. In other words, it's a daily walk thing. You're to honor God's ways. Second thing you need is to have a vision of worship, a, 22, a 2020 vision of worship. In Hawaii, if you ever come visit Hawaii, one of the biggest tourist attractions is to go out to that white thing there. It's called the Arizona Memorial. When it was first built, Elvis Presley gave half the money to build it. And uh, that black circle you see on this side of it is the turret number three of the USS Arizona that lays on the bottom. But as an army guy, I don't know Navy traditions. But I know this. One day I was down on the dock passing out to pass out gospel tracts and an aircraft carrier came in, the, United, the USS uh, Ronald Reagan. And let me tell you something, guys. Every ship, whether it's a dinghy or an aircraft carrier, every ship, Coast Guard or United States Navy, that comes into Pearl Harbor as they pass the Arizona Memorial, that ship is lined with sailors dressed in white from the bottom deck clear to the cupola. And all of them stand at number one, at salute, perfectly still, as their ship passes the Arizona Memorial. I tell you, I, even now it's hard for me to talk about it when I think about the respect that they show. But if we're going to show that kind of respect for men and for sacrifice on earth, how much more sacrifice was Jesus' death? How much more honor and respect is due His name and due His day and due to His house? We need to get a 2020 vision of worship. The third thing we need, our next need, if we're going to have 2020 vision for the year 2020, the third thing we need is, comes from the Gospel of John. And you know what the chapter and verse is. All right, let's go there. Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 20. Here's what it says. And when... He, Jesus, had so said, he showed unto them his hands. This is after the resurrection. He showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Not only do you need to have a 2020 vision of God, you need to have a 2020 vision of, of uh, his, his house in his day. You need to have a 2020 vision of for the Lord Jesus Christ. In this verse, we're taught, number one, that we ought to have a new love for the Savior. I'll tell you what, do you think they loved Him more when they saw Him after the resurrection than before? I think so. I think their love was deeper. I think their love was stronger. I think their dedication and their fearlessness to face whatever may become, come their way, I think it got even stronger after they saw the Lord Jesus Christ. We need a new love for the Savior, and we need a new joy of personal relationship. Remember who your Savior is. It's Jesus. Now there's a video out there. I usually don't watch Jesus' videos, but I don't know which one it's in. But there's one where a guy that looks like the typical Jesus, at the very end, he's walking by Galilee, and at the end of the movie, he turns like this, he turns around, he sees with a big smile on his face, and he just waves his hand like that, saying, come on. Man, when I saw that, I broke down. Because he's not some cruel brute that's just waiting to crush you. He wants to be your friend. He's saying, come on. 
Come on and join me. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Come on, come on and join me. And this John 2020 says if you're going to have 2020 vision this year, you got to get a 2020 vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you think you understand that? Think you got a, you think you got Jesus figured out? What does that say? Anyone? Yeah. You think you got that figured out? Let's look at that again, amen? So you think you have it all figured out, right? Let's find out if you got it figured out or not. See what I mean? All right. Let's play a little, another little game. What is that thing? It's a, it's a potato. Okay, well, how do you spell it? What's the first letter? All right. Next. Okay, next. All right. All right. Okay. All right, y'all passed the spelling test this morning. All right. Now, sometimes in some places it's spelled T-A-T-E-R. Amen? Potato. I need somebody. Let's turn there. 1 Corinthians 8-2. I need somebody who will read that. Who will read that nice and loud? Give me a volunteer. Somebody that will read 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2. Who's my volunteer this morning? Nice and loud. Are there no Marines in this auditorium? All right, Ty. Amen. Go ahead. All right. I like that verse. All right, so you think you know how to spell potato? All right, well, let's find out if you really do, okay? What if the P was like the sound in hiccup? Then that's how you spell the P. Well, what if the O was like the sound in dough? All right. And what if the T, the first T, was like the sound of tissus? Okay, tissus, okay, and what if the A was like the sound in neighbor, all right, and then what if the second T was like the sound of the T in gazette, okay, and then what if the last O was like the sound in Bordeaux, all right, there is now how you must spell potato. Now let's take that spelling test and see who passes, amen? That's how you spell potato. Can't you see that right there? Just as plain as day. So what I'm saying is, is sometimes we don't quite understand how God functions. Maybe he's spelling something a little different than we want, okay? Sometimes we wonder, why doesn't he make things clearer to us? Why don't we understand them better? Trust me, he has his ways. You need to get a vision of Jesus Christ. Stop thinking you understand him because you know about Bethlehem. Stop thinking you understand him because you know about him sitting with the, the Pharisees in the temple. There is a better way to get to know him. This guy was Janitor Bill for 20 years at the United States Air Force Academy. Janitor Bill, he was always underfoot to the cadets. He was always scolding the cadets, don't drop your candy wrappers in the, in the floor. He was always sweeping or cutting grass or changing a light bulb or cleaning a toilet. 
And it was just janitor Bill and all they were going on. And then one day, one of the cadets in his senior year, James Moshkat, was reading a history book in the library, and he read about a Bill Crawford who was a private at Alta Villa, Italy, in 1943, who charged three German machine gun nests and one mortar platoon and took every one of them out, then was jumped on and beat up and assumed killed in action, taken to a prisoner of war camp, and for the next two years, the Germans never put his name on a POW list. His mother and father were told that he was dead, killed in action. A major general at Camp Carson, or Fort Carson, Colorado, called them up from Pueblo, and a flag, a folded flag, and the Congressional Medal of Honor were awarded posthumously to his mother and father at Camp Carson, Colorado. But when the United States Army, the Third Army of George Patton, liberated that loose Stalag, they found Bill Crawford there and set him free. He came home. It must have been a happy moment when he got home. He found a job. He stayed in the Army, and he ended up finishing as a Master Sergeant in the Army. But he worked also at the Air Force Academy for 20 years after he got out of the Army. And it was found out by James Moshkat, the cadet, that a living recipient of the Congressional Medal of Honor must have it awarded to him by the President of the United States. And since his CMH had been given to him posthumously to his parents, he had never been given it correctly. He was taken to the Commandant of the United States Air Force Academy, who then passed it on to the White House. And so, in a complete surprise to him, Janitor Bill was told to put on his old Army uniform, and at graduation ceremony in May of 1984, President Ronald Reagan gave him officially his Congressional Medal of Honor. It's funny, you look at him as just a janitor until James Moshkett found out that this was a Congressional Medal of Honor recipient. You know you're going to look at Jesus as just a baby in the manger until you find out who he really is. And when you find out who he really is, you're going to want to give him all adoration and all the love that he has coming. You need a new vision of Jesus. And finally, Acts 2020. Acts 2020. Jump up to the Apostle Paul in his journeys. And as he speaks to the pastors of the city of Ephesus, Apostle Paul says this in Acts 20.20. How I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house. You want to get a right vision for 2020? Then the next thing you need to see is you need to have a desire to witness. Paul said, I have kept back nothing from you. I've told you everything that I know about the scriptures. And not only that, he, didn't, he also said, I've done it publicly. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I've done it publicly. So you need to have a desire from this verse, if you're going to have the right 2020 vision for this coming year, you need to have a desire to go public with your witness. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to get a vision of your duty. It's your duty to speak out. He that confesses me before men, him will I confess before my Father, which is in heaven. A very, very, very prominent violinist was invited over to this rich guy's house, and he walked in his house, and this guy had a Stradivari, a beautiful Stradivari sitting in a glass case like that. 
and he brought this extremely talented uh, violinist known worldwide into his house and he wanted to show off his Stradivarius sitting in it in this glass case. And he brought him in and he looked at him and he thought he was going to get the praise of the violinist. He thought the violinist was going to say, wow, what a wonderful thing. Instead, these were the first words out of the violinist's mouth. You, sir, are a criminal. To have an instrument that is capable of playing such beautiful music stuck in a glass case, it's a crime. It's a crime. You know, we as believers, we do the same thing. We have in this vessel the glory of God Almighty and sometimes we just put it under glass and we think we should be able to brag about it just sitting under glass. No, it's criminal. We need to be out there. We need to let our lives play beautiful music before the Lord and before the lost crowd. We need to have that kind of vision. So, if you want to have a new year, and a better vision for 2020, you need these visions. You need to get a 2020 vision of God. Learn to honor Him and flee from sin. You need to get a 2020 vision of worship. You need to honor His Sabbath, His day of worship. You need to honor His house. You need to get a 2020 vision of Jesus. You need to see Him after the resurrection and how much He loved you and how much He sacrificed for you. You need to get a 2020 vision of your duty to share publicly and from house to house the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ.